Okay, praise God. Yes, we are live on Facebook and on and on YouTube. Thank you everybody for joining us today. And uh, we are gradually, gradually getting to the end of the book of Revelation. Just four more chapters to go. Uh, and I'm trusting God by the end of this month, by the end of May, we'll finish uh, the book. So it will have taken us five months uh, of studying the book. So uh, chapter 19 of the book of Revelation, that's what we're going to be treating today. Last week we treated chapter seven, chapter 17 and 18. We talked about Babylon uh, as a political system uh, and as, as a city and as a religious system. Uh, so, um, so chapter 19 is, is talking about uh, the return uh, the return of the king uh, and then uh, the marriage supper of the lamb. Let's just say a word of prayers as we go ahead. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for these five months. Has been, they've, been, they've been great. They've been wonderful. We ask as we go into your word, you go with us. Your presence will be with us, Lord. You will open these things to us, Lord, and prepare us for your coming. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, yep. Okay, yeah, we're set now. So, Revelation chapter 19. Ah, well, maybe we should just um, do a little bit of, of reason. Why are we doing this? Why why should we study uh, eschatology? Uh, that's the study of the end time. Why, why, is it, why is there a need to do things like this? Uh, number one, eschatology is a test. Uh, is a final test for the application of God's words in our lives. Uh, the application of the word of God is, is called hermeneutics in, in theology. So, I mean, how those, all these things that, that, that were written in the Bible, how do they apply to you and I? How do they apply to our lives? So eschatology actually tests that. So look at how, how these words, how are they applicable to our situation as it is um, and then we are we are in the we are plunged in the period of time which the Bible says so much more about. I mean, this is the these are the end times. The Bible say so much about the end times more than any other topic in the I mean that the Bible that, that was discussed in the Bible. So these are the reasons why we need to study uh, the end times eschatology and co. Um, okay, chapter nineteen. Um, before going to chapter 19, I want us to read Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 31 to 33. Most of most of us in churches, most of our churches, we read these scriptures or this passage every Christmas. It said, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there shall be no end. Now, um, this promise that, that, that the angel gave to Mary, this was Mary, uh, this was angel Gabriel speaking to Mary about the son that was going to be conceived. Um, David's throne was not in place at the time of Jesus. At the time Jesus was walking here on earth, he was not. He has not occupied the throne 
of David. He had not. Uh, so, what the angel was promising Mary here is actually going to happen in chapter nine, Revelation chapter nineteen. That is what Jesus is about to do. He's about to take up um, the throne of David. And uh, we know God's promises about the, the Davidic covenant. Uh, I mean, most Christians know that Second uh, uh, Samuel seven eleven to sixteen, whereby the Lord promised David to establish his throne forever. Uh, God's promise to uh, promise David a royal dynasty. Uh, Isaiah chapter seven and eternal throne. All the political kingdom. Uh, it was confirmed by oath, by an oath um, by God. Uh, it was also. Uh, it can all it cannot this cannot uh, be applied to the church so the church is not israel is not the is not spiritual well i'll get into uh, a lot of argument with some schools of thought here the church is not the spiritual israel that's the sincere truth the church is not israel um because ezekiel 37 21 says a number of things that will happen to israel especially at the end time that is not going to happen to the church the destruction of israel uh, and co so um and then uh this particular throne was a future throne that was recognized by the first church council in acts 15. it wasn't the physical david's throne at that time because at that time rome had conquered jerusalem and they've put uh, a foreigner as their as their king or their governor so david's throne was not in place when jesus uh, was here uh uh, on earth so acts 15 16 to 18 talked about that they were quoting uh, amos 9 uh, and, and amos 9 11 so uh, that was it so uh the oldest prophets prophecy in the bible also confirms this so i just need to lay this background before we go into uh, revelation chapter 19 if you look at jude 1 14 to 15 was talking about the prophecy of enoch enoch was just the seventh generation from adam it says and also enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So these is it this this prophecy is the oldest prophecy in the bible i mean that was from enoch according to jude uh so it's talking about when jesus will go in christ will return with ten thousand um 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 with ten thousand of his saints <coughs> with tens of thousands actually of his saints so it's not just uh ten thousand in terms of numbers okay so let's go into chapter 19 of the book of revelation uh, chapter 19 verse 1 after these things Tauta, we've talked about that uh, a number of times uh, what the meaning of that after these things i heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying hallelujah salvation and glory and honor and power unto the lord our god for true and righteous are his judgments for he had judged the great awe which did corrupt the earth with our fornication and had avenged the blood of his saints at our hand. And again, they said, Hallelujah. And a smoke rose up forever and ever. You could see praises here, Hallelujah. And, and the book of Revelation itself, um, 
is actually there's there's significant times of worship and praise in the book of Revelation. Uh, someone was telling me today uh, after my after I sent a broadcast, I was reminding people of today's lesson, and it was like, ah, the book of Revelation is scary and that and this and that. Like, no, it's even a book of praise and worship. A, a significant amount of 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 the part here was praising God, worshiping God for His judgment are are true. Is 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 a just God worshiping Him. So uh, and also it is noteworthy that Hallelujah occurred twenty four times. 28 times in total in the Bible, 24 in the, New, in the Old Testament, 4 in the New Testament. And 28 is a multiple of 7, that's in 4 places. Uh, so, like I said, we can't exhaust the, the list of 7s uh, in this topic. Uh, verse 4, And the 4 and 20 elders and the 4 living creatures fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came out of heaven, saying, Praise our God. All ye saints, and ye who fear him, both great and small. And I heard, as it were, the number of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and the voice of many thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God omnipotent reigneth. Uh, we should know that this is the last reference to the 24 elders in the Bible. After this point, they were replaced by the bride. And I'm going to tell you, okay, yeah, in ch chapter 20, we'll see uh, who these saints are. And you remember that when we first came in contact with the 24 elders in chapter 4, thereabout, uh, we said they were a representative of the Old Testament and the New Testament saints. 12 tribes of Israel, figuratively, 12 apostles, figuratively. So that shows that both the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints will be in heaven. And after this time, the term was replaced by the bride, the bride of Christ, the bride of the Lamb. So the church actually is replaced by 24 elders so that's also confirming that uh it's a representative 24 elders is a representative of um the old testament and the new testament saints but chapter 20 will, will deal with that uh, uh more more significantly okay verse 7 let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife had made herself ready and her and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen and, and clean clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints and he, he saith unto me right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the lamb and he said unto me these saints these these are the true saints of god we should understand that in this chapter there are two suppers we'll look at that in a bit this is just one supper in this uh, in this chapter, but we'll look at the second supper in a little bit. So, talk about the bride uh, of the Lamb now. The wife has been made ready. So, who is this bride? Uh, so, people that claim that uh, Israel is the, I mean, the church is the spiritual Israel. Israel is the bride. Uh, let's look at it. If, if, if that um, uh, Israel has never been called the bride of Christ or the bride of the Lamb. Uh, Israel, had, Israel had been called the bride of Yahweh. That's God, God had called him his wife, his bride, um, or his wife, Isaiah 54, 1 and 4. And Israel was also called Halot, uh, Ezekiel 10, 30, 35, when they went and served other gods. 
I remember uh, last week, yeah, it was last week, we said, and also when we we're talking about the 144,000 people whom the Bible said have not defiled themselves with women, it wasn't talking about uh, fornication or allotry in the, in the sense of sexual intercourse. It was talking about that in the sense that they didn't follow other gods. It was in the sense of idolatry. So uh, uh, Israel was called a halot in Ezekiel 10, 35, talking about when they went to follow other gods. Hosea um, also uh, uh, was told to marry a prostitute and her children would be like her, uh, just to show what Israel had done to God. God wanted to show Israel, uh, uh, teach them a lesson. Um, so uh, Israel was called a wife from Ordom, uh, gift to lovers to uh, to uh, to prevent want, uh, she was bought at a slave market, uh, and Uzziah was to love her like that. So Israel was compared to that. Israel was the idolatrous, idolatrous wife. Uzziah uh, had three children. Jezreel cast away, uh, sold for later harvest. Cast away, sold, and will be harvested at the end. So that was Israel, and Israel is still going to be saved, like we've said several times in this lesson. Uh, the second. Uh, child of Hosea was called Lo Ruhama, uh, which means unpitied, without mercy. Israel had gone into slavery without mercy. I mean, the Lord had looked away from them. Uh, the third was Lo Ami. Lo Ami means not my people. Although it's not permanently cast away, just temporarily cast away. Uh, and a whole lot of Romans 11 1, Hosea 1 6 uh, talks about a lot of, of, of these things. Uh, okay. So now, uh, and let's look at it. Remember last week, we also said the woman, uh, Babylon, the, 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 the whore, uh, in chapter chapter 17, was boasting. Uh, she said that she's, she, she says in her heart, she sits like a queen, that she's not a widow, and she shall see no sorrow. So, and Israel has been, she's like contrasting herself with Israel, who has been called divorced and widowed. So, and it is also, you should also understand that the, the reason why the bride can't be Israel because a priest, according to the Jewish tradition, the pattern of Jewish tradition is that a priest cannot marry a divorced woman. So Christ, being the high priest, uh, won't, Israel will not be the bride here because uh, to, the Jewish, to the Jewish mindset, prophecy is more like patterns. It's the Greek mindset that thinks prophecy is about fulfillment, prediction and fulfillment. And that's why a lot of people are deceived these days. Uh, is the Greek mindset that, and that's syncretism. I think I said something like that uh, last week or maybe during on Sunday. Uh, syncretism is when to when you infuse practices from other religions into Christianity. So when Rome, uh, when Constantine became Christian and Rome became, I mean, Christianity became the official uh, religion of Rome. A lot of practices were infused into Christianity from the pagan practices. So the Hebrew mindset prophecy is about pattern. Pattern, and I will show you a number of patterns as well. We've been, I've told you a number of patterns as well about what happened in the Old Testament and is, as is happening. So that's prophecy in the Jewish mindset, not the Greek uh, mindset of, of of prediction and fulfillment. So uh, the prophet, the pattern here shows that Christ cannot be. I mean, Israel cannot be the bride of Christ because Christ is the high priest, and he cannot marry the divorced woman. Okay, um, the bride. So the bride is the church, 2 Corinthians 11, 2. It calls, it calls her the chaste virgin, made chaste by the blood of the lamb. And Jesus, of course, is the bridegroom. Uh, John 3, 22, the loads of scriptures. Jesus referred to himself as the bridegroom. Uh, John 14, 
two to three talks about in my father's house there are many mansions there uh, if we had, if it were not so i would not have told you to go i go to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you into myself that where i am there ye also may be uh, let's look at the reason why jesus is saying this i think we've talked about it in chapter in part one and two uh but it's a long time ago let me just repeat it uh jesus as a bridegroom is saying that he's going to his father's house to prepare a place for us uh i don't want to go into the fact that he talked about in my father's house there are many mansions it should be it should be houses inside mansions not mansions inside a house you get my point a mansion should have several houses but i said in my father's house there are many mansions but uh maybe i'll do a teaching on, on that uh, i'll do a bit of eschatology on that i mean uh, a bit of uh exegesis on that some other time but i don't want to go into that so why is jesus saying he's going to prepare a place for us and things like that what the the audience was talking to what was their mindset now let's look at a jewish wedding if you remember uh, uh at the beginning we said a lot of things about this um the jewish wedding is called uh the, the process of a jewish wedding it starts with the betrothal the betrothal is so strong it is the payment of the purchase price or the bride price and the bride is set apart, sanctified for the groom. So the betrothal is so strong that um, if either one of them uh, breaks it, they have to issue a letter of divorce. That was what was between uh, Joseph and Mary. That he had to. Do you need a letter of divorce to 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 break a betrothal? They are not married. They are just betrothed. It's so strong, so covenanted. So. Um, after the betrothal, it's called the ketubah. That's the Hebrew name. Um, so after the betrothal, uh, the next is the, the bridegroom uh, departs from the bride and goes to his father's house uh, to prepare a place for the bride. Uh, traditionally, the bridegroom will go and add one more room to his father's house. Uh, for those of us uh, ladies who watch uh, Telemundo and Co, you know that in some cultures, uh, the cohabitate, the grandfather is still there, the, the, the son will go and marry uh, and bring, her, bring the wife to the family house. So it's a cultural thing. Uh, also in, 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 the, in the Jewish culture, that's how it's going to be. Uh, so he set he has a room to the father's house. Remember when um, um, Isaac saw Rebekah, the Bible says he went to his mother's chamber and was comforted. So they live like that, communal kind of living. Uh, remember Samson's marriage as well. After the betrothal, she, he went back to his house, uh, then came back after a year to 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 do the wedding. Let's just go ahead. You see, you also see some uh, patterns for for Samson. So the the bridegroom departs to his father's house and adds one more room to his father's house. Now, um, the, the the bride doesn't know when the bridegroom will come back. The bridegroom can come anytime. So the bride is always ready. So the bridegroom surprises the bride, just comes, and then the wedding starts, and they have a seven-day feast. Uh, Judges chapter 14, when where Samson's uh, wedding was seven days. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 15, chapter 22. John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana of Galilee, a lot of things. So it's, it's always a seven-day supper. So now let's look at how this fits into what Jesus was saying. We've been betrothed. Jesus has paid the purchase price. What that's with his blood. The bride has been set apart. The church has been set apart uh, as a bride of Christ. 
the, the groom has gone to his father's house to prepare a place for us. And then he's, he can come at any time. So the people, the Jews that Jesus was speaking to, they understood what Jesus was saying. They understood uh, this concept. So Jesus has gone uh, to, to, to his father's place to add an extra room for us in that context. And he will come as a surprise and he will come with his friends. That's why he said he will come with his friends. He will come with an escort to gather or, or, or take his, his bride uh, to his father. And that is where a lot of people believe that uh, those seven years will be with Jesus in the air for the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's why the number seven comes from. That's for the uh, pre-trib, pre-tribulation Christians, uh, the people that have that school of thought. The post-trib believe that it's going to be three and a half years that it will be in the middle of the tribulation before the great tribulation that the church will be caught up. And like I said, both of these schools of thought are correct. They know that Christ is coming. They believe Christ is coming. They believe all the things will happen. They are just three and a half years apart from each other. So some believe that we're going to spend the seven years because of the seven day, <coughs> excuse me, because of the seven day feast, marriage feast in the, in the Jewish uh, traditional wedding. So spending seven years in the air with Christ, uh, that's why the seven year period is believed that we'll spend it in heaven. Others, uh, uh, and that's that's why this, the, the time of Antichrist on earth is just seven years. Others believe it is just halfway uh, that will go. Uh, okay. Um, yes. So let's let's look at another thing Jesus promised just about this marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, don't worry about the number of years. Know that we're just going to be in heaven. We're going to be with Jesus. And that for seven years, for three and a half years, it doesn't matter. We're going to heaven. That's that's what matters. Uh, Luke 22, 15 to 18. Luke 22, 15 to 18. This was the Lord's Supper uh, uh, when Jesus was about to leave on the Passover. And he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Uh, I read, I've read this part before several times, but I think the part, the, the day that it really got to me, I was a teenager then. I'm not sure if was, that was the first time I read it, but maybe I'll, let me just say that was the first time I remember reading the part, this part. And uh, it, for me to know that Jesus actually paused the, the meal and he said he was not going to take the, the wine until rapture. It just blew my mind that Jesus is actually waiting for me to take this wine. Like, it just like, wow, it just shows how important I am to Jesus. He's, he's waiting for us. Uh, he's not taking this. And um, what I didn't know then, let me just, I mean, I've, I've, I've added a bit of knowledge since my teenage years to this time. Uh, so in the Passover meal, there are four cups. Uh, Jesus thought, stopped at the third cup. There are four cups in the Passover meal. He stopped at the third, and it's called the cup of blessing. So there's an un, just one, the last one, the unfinished cup, um, and that is what he said he will, he will going to take, and he will take with us in the next uh, few verses. And we know who whom the bridegroom is. There's no point uh, looking at that. I mean, John the Baptist said he's not a bridegroom. He's a friend of the bridegroom. Uh, okay, let's just go ahead. Verse 10, chapter 19, verse 10 of the book of Revelation. Um, and I felt, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, 
See thou do, do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thine brethren that have, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it's all about Jesus. I mean, it's all about Jesus. Heavenly beings, angels, don't allow themselves to be worshipped. That's a fact. It's only Jesus, it's only God that deserves our worship. Not angels, not devils, not human beings, not any graven image. God only deserves our worship. Okay, so let's just go a little bit technical here. Who is this person? He said he's a fellow servant. A number of people said he's an angel, but uh, some people also, some schools of thought, I believe, and I belong to that school of thought, we believe that this is Daniel. This was Daniel. You remember Daniel had his own vision about the end time. The Bible says you should seal it up. The Bible says that these, uh, was, I mean, Daniel um, um, appeared here. Um, why do I believe that? In, in angelology, uh, that's the study of angels and ministry of angels, uh, it is believed that some, some saints uh, are translated into becoming messengers or servants uh, to, to, to take messages onto people. And those are the angels without wings, uh, some saints. So it was believed that's, that's the school of thought that, that brings back, um, that brings this uh, conclusion that this was Daniel here, or the suggestion that this was Daniel here. Um, in church, we treat angelology once or one of these days. So uh, just uh, tune in, uh, follow us on, uh, across our services on Sundays. We treat angelology. The ministry of angels is so powerful. The ministry of angels is so powerful. Someone is looking at watching me today or listening to this. Invoke the ministry of angels. The Bible says, I mean, angels are ministering spirits. They are sent unto us. Invoke the ministry of angels. Trust me, life, life will be easy for you. And they're messengers. We are not supposed to worship them. We're supposed to worship God, Jesus, uh, not angels. Okay. So, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. Uh, some people call this the fifth, the fifth horseman. Uh, but the white horse, and he that sat upon it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is the coming king, guys. This is the second coming of the Lord. And I will tell you the difference between the rapture and the second coming of Jesus. Uh, a number of people mix it up. You just say second coming. I prepare for the second coming of Christ and things like that. Nah, uh, I, I, I'm not prepared for the second coming of Christ. I'm prepared for rapture. Because second coming is not, it's not going to be beans. You'll see the difference in a bit. Uh, I will deal with time. Okay, I think we still have time. So now let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 60. We're cross-referencing this to Luke chapter 4, where Jesus was talking to the Pharisees in the temple. Uh, and um, that argument was so strong that they wanted to, to throw him off the cliff and he escaped He escaped from their midst. But Luke chapter 60, Jesus was reading the, the I mean, sorry, uh, Isaiah chapter 60. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus was reading the scroll of Isaiah. Uh, and he said, let me just read Isaiah chapter two, one, chapter 60 verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of prison to them that are bound and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus stopped here 
close the scroll and say this day this prophecy is fulfilled in your midst it is very 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 um, um significant why did this stop there because that's not the end of the sentence it stopped at a comma there's still one phrase after that comma after that he said and the day of vengeance of our god that is the whole vision isaiah saw jesus stopped three quarter way uh, he said i should come and uh, proclaim uh, preach good tidings unto the meek, uh, bind broken hearted, heal the captives, set the captives free, open prison doors, declare acceptable year of the Lord, comma, and he stopped. He said, at that time, that was what was fulfilled. That last part, the day of vengeance of our God, was not yet to be fulfilled at the time Jesus came. It is at his second coming that the day of vengeance of our God is going to be fulfilled. So let's go ahead and see. The day of vengeance of our God. Uh, Revelations 19, 12, verse 12. His eyes were as flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. These are diadems, not Stephanos. What's the difference? Diadems are ruling crowns, uh, are kingdom crowns, king, crown of kings, of kingdoms, not Stephanos, not, uh, not a medal or a crown of a reward or prize. That's the difference. So this is ruling on kingdoms, many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And his clothes was and his clothes and he was clothed with vesture dipped in blood. We look at this. Uh, that dipped in blood is very deep. And his name was called the Word of God. Okay. Uh, do you remember the in in in, in chapter fourteen when we we're talking about? Uh, the lamb uh, uh, the, the, and the one for four thousand, uh, and then the seven angels um, that that poured uh, poured out the the bowls of God's wrath, and the last three angels that called for the harvest of the earth, yeah, and they said that um, uh, if you remember that the the blood was so thick. Let me just read that um, Revelation chapter fourteen verse twenty, and the wine press was thrown in without the city and the blood came out of the wine press even onto their horses bridle by the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs that's about one thousand eight hundred uh, meters long and it's as high as the bridle of a horse that's how thick the, the blood that was flow that was going to be that was going to flow at this second coming is so if you remember that please go to chapter 14 we talked deeply about that now the description of the lamp of of this of this this the lamp of God the word of God in chapter twelve, it says he had a, chapter thirteen I mean chapter verse thirteen of chapter nineteen, he and his his clothes he was clothed with vesture dipped in blood. Why was it dipped in blood? Because he came for this vengeance. Chapter Isaiah chapter sixty three, we, we spoke about this also when we we're treating chapter fourteen. But let me just read so that you understand. Who is this that's coming from Edom with dyed garment from Bozra? That this that is glorious in his apparel, tra traveling in the greatest of his strength. I that speak in righteousness might save. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou in thy red in the, that wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treaded the that of a wine press? I have trodden the wine press alone. I will talk about this. I will, I will say a little bit about this uh, as well. I've trodden in the, in the wine press alone. Bear that in mind. And 
of the people there was none with me for i will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury and their blood shall sprinkle upon my garment and i will stain my raiment i will stain all my raiment for the day of vengeance is in my heart and the year of my redeemed is come and i looked and there was none to help and i wondered that there was none to uphold therefore my own arm brought salvation unto me and my fury it upheld me and I will tread down the people in my anger, and I will make them drunk in my fury, and I will bring them down in my strength. So, um, this is the thing. These are the things that that Jesus is coming to do at the second second coming. It was. It's going to be a bloody fight. That is 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 vesture is is robe or whatever will be soaked in blood, and this is it. and he's going to do it alone. Yes, he's coming with ten thousand of his saints. He's coming with all of us. But we're not going to help him. We're not going to do it. Jesus is enough to finish that war. That's the war of Armageddon. We'll look at it uh, in a bit uh, and also bring uh, some, some, some two into this. So it's going to be a solo fight of Jesus. All of them, go and let them go and photocopy themselves. Let them go and take photo. Let them go and posiwa, like they say in Southwest Nigeria. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be terrible. But from our point of view, we believe we have been in heaven. We've seen all these things happen. It's going to be a great or a glorious event. But from the point of view of those who miss rapture, or the point of view of those who are left behind, it's going to be a bloody, terrible, very bloody experience. You don't want to miss the rapture. Those who are deceiving you that are thinking that Antichrist will do something, will do something, it will shock you. I mean, it's going to be terrible. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go on. Chapter 19, Revelation chapter 19, verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. See, we are clean. Sparkle, no sparkle, no blood. He is going to fight the battle alone. He will win alone. He doesn't need us to fight with, to fight with him. He doesn't need our help. He's all in all. <laughs> and out of his mouth, and this is also very significant, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he shall smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treaded the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of almighty god now uh, out of his mouth came a sharp sword uh i've seen a number of pictures uh especially when we we're younger uh you see pictures you see jesus on a horse and then sword coming out of his mouth uh well maybe for when we children department that was a good way to to explain to us and not to complicate things for our little minds uh but uh that's not how it's going to be it's not going to be literal sword coming out of his, his mouth the bible says the word of the lord is like a two-edged sword i mean he can he can divide with the bone and the marrow the cord between the soul and the spirit so it is going to be his word his word that we use to kill them like i mean so jesus is not going to be just going to die evaporate explode that's just what's going to happen like melt <laughs> burst he's just going to be talking it is his word the word his word i used to uh, uh kill them uh so the sword is the word and there was no struggle here he just declared it and it's done. No struggle, no no clashing of armors. It's just a word. Uh, uh, and he says here in the in the towards the end of chapter of verse 15 of chapter 19 that um, 
the wind press of the fierceness of the wrath of God. I don't think we have the capacity to imagine what this will be like. The wind press of the fierceness of the wrath of God. Guys, please, don't miss rapture. There's nothing that is... Don't miss rapture. Like, no human being can just comprehend how terrible this is going to be. So, yes, let's look at this second coming versus rapture. This is not the rapture. A rapture will be taken up. Uh, no, Jesus will not be seen at that time. It's just the saints that will go with rapture. But this second coming is a revelation. Jesus will be revealed. That's what the Bible says. Every eye will see him. Every mouth will confess by fire by force that Jesus is Lord. Everyone will see him. So in the second coming, rapture is in the air. This second coming is on earth. Jesus will descend on earth and fight that war. And that is, see, like I do say, um, heresy is the truth with a little bit of lie or the lie with a little bit of truth. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and all, all, some other pseudo-Christian um, uh, religions will tell you that rapture, I mean, we're not going to heaven, that Jesus is coming down here on earth, uh, we're going to be here on earth. They are somewhat right because this is going to happen on earth, although we'll have been caught up with Jesus in the sky, and this second coming, he will come down to rule with the rod of iron. Uh, maybe we'll do that in chapter 20. Or if I have time, I'll talk about that rod of iron and how it's going to look like or likely going to look like. So, it's going coming down to the earth. That's the second coming. Rapture happens in the air. We'll go meet the Lord in the air and be with the Lord forever. But second coming, Jesus will descend on the earth. And this second coming is not coming for the saints is coming with the saints rapture is coming for the saints the saints have gone to meet him in the air second coming jesus is coming with the saints the raptured saints is coming with us on the earth and it's not coming to comfort i will wipe all the tears away no 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 this is not the time to wipe tears away he has wiped tears away when we're when we're caught up in the in the, in the sky this is the time to conquer the second coming is the time that jesus is coming to conquer and it is not it is not to protect us in heaven but to rule with us here on earth and we're going to look at the millennium uh, uh in chapter 20 uh, that's the next chapter let's go ahead verse 16 chapter 19 verse 16 and he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords now so that's that's the and that's the second that's his second coming now let's look at the effects of his second coming on earth and that's the second supper the first supper is the marriage supper of the lamb which we've talked about this is the second supper in this chapter and i saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying unto all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven come gather yourself unto the supper of the great god that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men both free and bond small and great verse 19 and i saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army now the beasts 
that's the 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 antichrist the beast that you know we told the beast is going to be two people i mean the antichrist is going to be two people the beast from the earth and the beast from the sea that's a world ruler beast from the sea world ruler the beast from the earth uh the false prophets uh they're going to gather people and army and physical soldier with physical weapons to fight against jesus how do people gather physical weapons to fight against god we said so we said it at the uh, about two weeks ago that it's not it, 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 uh, uh, some from frogs i mean some, some spirit like that looks like frog demons that look like frogs will descend will come out of the mouth of the beast and will go and possess the kings of the earth and their armies and deceive them into doing this and we look at those frogs if you remember i told you to google this the the the, the picture of aliens uh, there are some that are reptilian or something like that that look like frogs. See, these things are so real. These things are going to happen. The Bible has predicted it thousands of years ago. So, they will be possessed. It's going to be demon-influenced. This thing that they are doing, it is not them. It's going to be demon-influenced um, to, to do this. They will gather physical arms uh, to make physical war against God. Uh, in Psalm 2, let's look at Psalm 2. Three people are talking here across the table. Uh, let me just I'll read quickly. Uh, a number of us will use this Psalm to pray and understand. Uh, yes, we can apply it uh, to our individual lives and, and situations. But the Psalm is actually talking about the second coming of Christ. It's talking about this chapter 19 of the book of Revelation. Talking about the war of Armageddon. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth send, set themselves and the rulers... Take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, that is Christ, uh, saying, let us break their bonds asunder, cast away their cause from us, like, let's get these guys uh, out of this place. He that seated in heaven shall laugh, shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Verse 5, then he shall break them in his wrath and vex them in his displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. So this is where the king, this is where Jesus is coming to rule on the holy hill of Zion. And I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, capital S. This day have I begotten thee. That is Jesus, talking to Jesus. Ask, ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession thou shalt break them with a rod of iron thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel this is talking about the end time the, 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 the second coming for be wise now therefore O ye kings be instructed ye judges of the earth serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling Kiss the son, capital S, that's Christ. If the son, kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way ye, when his wrath be kindled but a little. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. So, this was talking, this is talking about when human beings gather physical arms against Christ, against God, and they'll be defeated by the word that comes out of Jesus' mouth. Verse 20, chapter 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophets that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. They both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. 
verse 21 and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat on the on the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh praise the lord wow 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 okay uh that's the end of chapter 19 uh the lord will the lord will the lord will make us ready for his second coming for his rap for the rapture we will not experience this it's gonna be it's gonna be bloody very very bloody okay next session uh, next class please read chapter 20 uh, and isaiah chapter 65 read revelation chapter 20 and isaiah chapter 65 um there's a huge divide in the body of christ about the next chapter uh, that's the millennium that will it be a will there be a literal millennium or is figurative please read uh, and just uh, research before we we come back uh, next week and uh, upper week by the grace of god will be wrapping up uh, we'll take chapters 21 and 22 together i mean just uh, uh, the end of the of the of the book and we'll wrap up and then after that uh, by the month of june by the beginning of june by god's grace we'll start uh treating the unified bible study of christ apostolic church so apologies uh for this couple of weeks that we haven't treated it i just wanted us to finish this series god bless you in jesus name uh do we have questions uh from anywhere facebook or youtube questions uh, please feel free to ask if not let us say a word of prayers father we thank you thank you for this word thank you for preparing us thank you for giving us enough clues but we ask that we don't want to be left behind we don't want to experience all these terrible things make us worthy to be rapturable in jesus name we've prayed amen amen god bless you have a wonderful wonderful evening bye see you next week